0: There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. When?
1: When? Why are we waiting for Take this! Take this! <laughs>
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tim Gaither podcast, episode 105. My guest today is Reese Humphrey. Reese Humphrey is a three-time U.S. Open champion. He's a two-time All-American at Ohio State. He's a two-time world team member and a super cool dude. Looking forward to talking to him. Let's bring him in. How's everything going? Pretty good. How are you doing in New Jersey with this lockdown?
1: Yeah, we're, we've been uh, we've been having fun with the family. It's a lot of a lot of family time, which has been awesome. But, uh, yeah, man, I can't wait to get back on the mats. Can't wait to get back to the normalcy of, of life. Yeah. Uh, we've been taking advantage, for sure.
0: I bet. Are you uh, – you said you had a practice. Are you doing, like, a virtual thing?
1: Yeah, yeah, just a lot of virtual workouts. And uh, I, this isn't a practice that's coming up. We're actually, I'm going live on Instagram to teach a couple of dance moves. <laughs> oh, one really? of, to one of our college wrestlers over at Princeton.
0: You, uh, you're you one of the best athletes I know that's also a wrestler. Were you always an athlete? Like, how old were you when you started wrestling? Were you good right from the start?
1: I was good right away. But uh, most of the guys that make it really far start a little bit younger than me. I started in sixth grade with, like, no emphasis on on any summer wrestling or anything. And my dad coached two Olympic teams, one for Canada in 84 and then for the U.S. in 88. So you would think that he was teaching me some stuff while I was wrestling my brother in the basement or in the living room. Uh, so that probably has a little bit to do with why I was good right away. But, um, yeah, I've always been able to, to pretty much do anything athletic that I've, that I've put time into. But I, everybody, like, puts so much emphasis on you're athletic, you're quick, and you can jump high. But it's like, I can't really jump that high. I'm not that fast. It's more work. In weird situations, you know, like I spent a lot of time on the bar and on the rings, and like having the the no fear aspect of doing backflips and crazy stuff. Because I do a lot of interesting things, but none of them are like crazy basketball star athletic by any means.
0: Yeah, yeah, but uh, you, you've got. I mean, how old were you when you realized that that your dad was a world silver medalist? Because it seems like you either told me or I read somewhere that you didn't even realize how good he was until you got to be what age I mean
1: I it happened like decently quick after I started wrestling like through my whole life there was always wrestlers coming over but I never at least he made me believe that I never really put them together somehow um but I remember him coming into practice to like help coach and I was thinking like dad you're good at push-ups but what are you doing here why are you running practice you know (laughs) so uh I found out pretty quick he was always coaching my brother's practice and everybody showed him a lot of respect when he was in the room. And, uh, and, uh, and it obviously helped me with my career forever. Uh, but I didn't really put it together. He was my dad, you know. You don't really think of your dad as, the, as that unless he brags about it all the time. But uh, people would always say nice things about him. But that wasn't always the, the main thing that anybody said. So it took a, a minute for me to figure it out.
0: Well, I think that says a lot about him as a as a person that you were that old before. It, he he never even said, like, you know, I was a world silver medalist. I mean,
1: I'm sure know. he did, but the emphasis wasn't on that at all. It was always more being a dad, which was is looking back is really cool and difficult for me because I'm always talking about how cool I am to my boy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I won a state championship. That's the highest I ever got in wrestling, and uh, I guarantee he'll know that. Yeah, early. for sure. Yeah, he's got to know that.
1: He's gonna—he knows already.
0: <laughs> um, was he your? You you started you wrestled in Indiana, right, in high school? Indiana in high school, and then Ohio State after. Yeah. you were a three-time state champ in high school. Did you? Uh, how many? How many losses did you have overall? Do you know? I don't know. Five. I think five, and some
1: good guys. You know, I, I was 103 basically my freshman year, but I couldn't make the team. We had the state champ. On our team, and I lost like double overtime, overtime, and like they let me wrestle him off multiple times. He was a big, big one hundred three pounder, so I think they wanted him to go up uh, to have us both in the lineup. But I ended up bumping up to one twelve, and that's really where most of my losses were. And uh, I ended up losing to Angel Escobedo in the at the state tournament my freshman year, and then he won four, I won three, and then we ended up training together at Ohio State. So or after after college, so uh, yeah, man. I, some good guys coming out of Indiana.
0: Yeah. Indiana is quietly one of the better wrestling states that people don't always talk about. But one division. I was listening to, uh I think it was JD Bergman talking to somebody on a, a big 10 uh wrestling match. And he, they were talking about all the studs that came out of, out of Indiana. And I didn't even realize how many studs came out there. Did you lose to Angel in the finals?
1: No, it was first round, no wrestlebacks. So I, mean, I had lost previously to get that seed, to have him first round, because I think he was undefeated his whole high school career. Maybe he lost once out of state. But, uh, yeah, so I, I had lost previously. But I feel like I was the, maybe the second best 103-pounder. But, uh, I mean, I weighed in at 104 to wrestle 112 back then.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's difficult with those smaller weights to be given up. Uh, eight pounds is a, is a hell of a lot of weight to be given up.
1: Yeah, it was a lot for me, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Freshman, uh, yeah. uh, so you're a three-time state champ, and then you chose Ohio State. Why Why did you choose Ohio State? I imagine you had all kinds of freestyle accolades as well, right?
1: Yeah, I was, I was highly recruited, and um, my dad ended up – my dad was a Buckeye. My brother was going there. Uh, my mom, everybody. Uh, everybody in my family has been a Buckeye. So uh, it was definitely on the radar right away, but they were, I think, 11th or 12th in the Big Ten. At the time, whatever the amount of teams there were, they were last. <laughs> I, remember going, I had signed with them and I went to the Big Tens and they were won like three matches. So I was like, man did I make the right choice? But my dad was coaching the club there, which only lasted for a year because uh, the whole coaching staff changed when Tom Ryan came in. Uh, so so they weren't great, but I, I came for like a guy named TJ Enright and Jay Jaggers we both there, and, you know, if I had partners around my weight class, I knew that I could be successful in an individual sport. And uh, I liked the coaches there, and it, it turned out to be a really good thing when Tom Ryan came and Lou Roselli and all those guys switched over. Uh, but I went for really the partners, and my dad was going to be the club coach there and, you know, a family of Buckeyes. Yeah. So Tom Ryan came when you were when you were what year? I did one year. And then I wrestled my true freshman year, and then he came and brought a couple studs over, and we went from, I think, like 52nd to 8th in one year. And
0: then, then we got second twice, and then they won the Nationals the year after I left, or a couple years after I left. Yeah. And you were a two-time NCAA uh, All-American, and you got the second as a junior. What do you remember about your finals match? Uh, how, how not
1: ready I was mentally. Yeah, I walked out. I've been in a lot of big matches, but this one shook me like crazy. And, you know, three weigh-ins was always really hard for me, making 133. I I got a lot better once I moved to freestyle, and it was the night before weigh-in. It just, like, immediately made me better. But uh, I remember I ran out to the stage, and I was first out, and I jogged out. Franklin Gomez uh, ended up getting second in the world, like, the very next year. So he was a tough opponent for me. We had an overtime match in the Big Tens. And so I, I think I was ready, and he walked out, and he just like so calm and collected and had I had so much time out on the stage, I like looked around, and there was you know the twenty thousand plus people looking at just you, and I was like, "Oh no, this is a big match, and it just crushed me. It definitely did My legs got tired immediately before the match started, and so I told that to Logan Steber, you notice how he walks out every single time <laughs> from there on out because it definitely made a big impact on me to Gomez, like, proved how relaxed and how focused he was, and it made me get in my head a little bit. And I definitely didn't wrestle the same match that I did in the Big Ten Finals, and uh, he got the best of And then I had Dake my senior year in the semis, and, uh, and that was a real close scrap, too, double overtime. And, uh, you know, just branded some good guys, and
0: I, I was much better in freestyle anyway. Yeah. What, what is it about folk style that you're not a huge fan of? Um, I mean, I, I wanted to wrestle.
1: I don't think bottom top is wrestling. It's just like holding me down. I'm always like, get off me so we can wrestle again. But, you know, I I, I didn't put enough emphasis on those positions. You know, I always got away from pretty much everybody. Dake held me down in double overtime and that that was the difference. But over 30 seconds, I pretty much got away from everybody. But for some reason in my head, it was like a position I didn't want to be in. Um, But, you know, I should have just, put a little more time into it and you know it's, it's hard to work on your weaknesses especially young college kid with the ego um, so you know I wish I wish that I would have I could do it do it again I would do it better but so would everybody yeah. um, but you know I was cutting a lot of weight and one hour weigh-in two hour weigh-in wasn't great for me so a lot of weigh-ins a lot of competitions wasn't great for for my kind of style of the way I like to train and And uh, But, you know, no excuses. That's Everybody's got the same issues. You just look at everybody's beat up and banged up in the college season. It's just kind of part of the game. Uh, But I I think I made some better mental decisions after I was done. You know, not folk style, freestyle, it doesn't really matter. I just, like, decided this is the way that I was going to go. I'm doing it for me and my family, and I'm going to do everything right. When in college, I would, on Sundays – Uh, I would eat and drink as much as I can and we'd have to check weight on Monday and I would like drink more on the way to practice to show everybody how heavy I was, which is (laughs) such a, such a only hurting me mistake. You know, I'm just shooting myself in the foot and uh, I just wanted everybody to know how hard it was. And that's just, it it ruined me and and made the decision of making the weight uh, a lot harder. And even towards the end of my, my junior year, I did a lot of things right for sure. But, uh, so I held myself back a lot. It didn't have to do with folkstyle or freestyle, but I do like freestyle more. Yeah.
0: What What do you What What drives you crazy about the folk style rules? Like, like, I've I've seen you talk a little bit on Twitter about like the the stalling rules and all that stuff. Is that your most frustrating thing yeah. you watch as a fan?
1: I just want more action. Uh, I like freestyle because you know it's a really great match. You can end up eight to eight. The majority of great matches in folkstyle end up three to two. And it's, it's like the equalizer in my opinion. And don't get me wrong, I love folk style. I really do. I just think freestyle is a, the better guy wins more often. It, it wasn't true when the clinch was in place, if you guys know what that is. But it's like yeah. now the rules are so good. Um, there's plenty of ways to score. And once you get used to that rule set and you get comfortable in freestyle, I find like most people that wrestle on the senior scene will choose freestyle as the better style. Uh, there's just more ways to score you can rack up points quicker if you like teching somebody in folk style you got to be so much better than them in freestyle you can be clearly better than them and get off the mat Um, you know you got to be like just completely dominant to be turning someone over and holding them on their back I don't care how good they are so I just think it, it kind of makes it more of an equal match the guys who are much better can lose three to two or get a final takedown score right at the end of the second period and end up changing the whole match uh, when freestyle the better guy tends to win.
0: Yeah, you touched on a little bit about the rules that you had to wrestle under, um, and some of them were just insane, like the clinch and the ball draw and all that, which you were kind of a victim of in 2012. Uh, tell us what happened in 2012 here Olympic. You know, you, you were as close as you could possibly be to making a mm-hmm. team.
1: Yeah, thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> 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 no, uh, you know, we almost lost wrestling because of the clinch. It was like, I think it came 04 to 12 or something like that, maybe 8 to 12. I'm not sure when the clinch was all in play, but it, talk about the worst guy could definitely win. If yeah. I'm worse than you and I know it, I'm not doing anything. It's not that hard to stall. And if the other guy exposes himself too much, I can counterattack him and I can really be worse than somebody and, and end up beating him. Uh, you had to win two out of three periods, and if it was zero-zero, you pull the ball. And I mean, I never ever lost the offensive clinch—not once. It was just such an advantage. And uh, yeah, and you know, I lost two clinches to Coleman Scott at the Olympic Trials, which was just a weird scenario. We can talk about that for a second. Like Times Square, I've wrestled all my matches in a gym from from birth to to now except for the most important match of my whole career. I'm warming up in American Eagle, like bumping into customers and people that work there, people trying to talk to me. I'm like, dude, what is going on? The mat is like scorching hot. Like I had all these burns all over me. thought they were mat burns. And then I realized they were actual burns from the mat being so hot um, in the middle of Times Square in the middle of summer. Um, so, you know, there's a, a lot of things. Everybody, we all had the same experience, but um just some things and I felt like I was focused and I was ready and I wrestled well but um you know I score the only point in the second period and win that one I lose the first clinch and I was thinking like man just don't go back to the clinch but the way that the rules are there's two red balls two blue once you pull one you only have one ball so I have the odds and I'm thinking like man don't expose myself too much because I've got two out of three chance I'm gonna win this match uh in my head you know if I win the clinch and then sure enough, they they pulled the other guy. They pulled his ball again, and I lost lost the clinch that way. And so, like, after the match, I didn't feel like I got scored on. I didn't feel like I got beat. I'm just like, wait, it's really over? And, uh, you know, I beat him the year prior, and I beat him in the finals of the Open the year after in 11 and 13 and made the team in 11 and 13. So it's like, man, that was my real chance to – to do really well, and he went on and won the bronze medal. So it's like woulda, coulda, shoulda, but you know that was the rule set. It it played to my advantage every once in a while too. So I was I was fine with it, and uh, it just it was a weird weird feeling to lose the biggest match in a weird place with a pretty weird rule set.
0: Well, like you said, I can't imagine warming up like American Eagle and all that stuff, and people, you know, like you said, I mean, you get used to doing something a certain way your whole life, and then you know I. It bothers me when people throw monkey wrenches and things. Like, as a comedian, I deal with it all the time. i will be like, oh, we're doing this now. And I'm like, well, that changes everything, you know? Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> it does, man. And, you know, I didn't think of it until, like, way after, and I've talked about it so much. But, damn. <laughs> for that match, like, it's great to put on a show for the Beat the Streets, but that's what we were. We were in the middle of the Beat the Streets, and it was our final Olympic trials special wrestle-off. Um, you know, and whatever, if I would have won, it would have been the greatest thing ever. And then yeah. it would have been the spectacle, you know, he's, he's yeah. jumping up and down. He's got the American flags. All the pictures are in Times Square. Awesome. i really, I'm all for it. It's just, it's a lot for a moment like that.
0: Yeah. And a ball draw, especially to decide, you know, who's going to be the representative. I mean, I just, I don't understand why anyone ever thought that was a good idea. And, and, uh, I won't keep hammering that home. Cause I know you, <laughs> you, <laughs> you obviously feel the same way, but, uh, yeah
1: you know it's all right it actually like made my career a little bit and got me in some matches and built some confidence for me so I'm not going to hate on it too much but these rules right now are by far the best they can be
0: yeah well like you said you did make two world teams which is the you know the equivalent for people who don't, don't know what that means that you know that's the same thing as making the Olympic team just in a different year um so you were the best guy in the country and you've 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 beaten a ton of great guys. What would you say, though, is the most satisfying win of your entire career if you had to pick one?
1: I had to pick one? Man, I don't know. I can't pick one. I beat a lot of really good guys. You know, I beat Stever and I'm beaten Dake. And, uh, you know, when I've won my first world team, so I made three. I'm going to correct it. I made three teams. 11, 13, 15. Yeah. So right before Rio. So thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> oh, no, but... uh you know, like I beat Bunch all the time, who was my training partner and a friend of mine. And the announcer right after the match, he goes, man, you really love beating him. I'm like, no, I just beat him in the biggest match because he's the best. I love winning the big matches. I don't, I really don't care who it is. I have nothing against anybody I wrestle. Most of the guys in my weight are my better friends in the sport. Uh, just because you build that bond from, you know, fighting and bleeding with each other. Um, but most satisfying is always going to be whatever my biggest win was, which was the U S open finals and the world team trials finals and some big matches overseas. Um, but against a specific opponent, like, I don't know, nothing is satisfying. You know, it's crazy. I I wrestled my partners a lot, Steve and bunch. We trained together every day. And the best thing about that was we were like men enough to be boys before. And then, uh, you know, be able to shake hands and have enough respect for the opponent to really be ready to headbutt them and punch them in the mouth if we had to, which was cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that makes sense.
0: <laughs> no, it makes total sense to me. Um, what, what's 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 it like to wrestle at a world championship?
1: It's crazy. It's crazy. You look at the bracket, and and if you study freestyle wrestling, like I had maybe thirteen or fourteen world medalists in my weight in 2015. Uh, that was the year. So 2016, they took that weight away. We went from seven weights to six, and my weight was just gone, which was another crazy thing. Like any weird rule change, it happened to me. Um, so they just took my weight out. They didn't change the weights. They just took out 60 kilos and kept the rest the same. So I figured 2015, I'd go back down, and it would be like an empty weight class, and because everybody'd be moving up or moving down. But everybody else thought the same thing, and that was actually my toughest bracket going into the world championships but it's just it's insane if you like look at it and I I never really did this when I was competing but looking back like you think about like gladiators the best guy in your weight class from that country you beat Ukraine you wrestle the best guy from Russia you beat him you wrestle the best guy from Turkey and it's like it's it's kind of insane when you think about it they're putting you out to represent your country and uh it's like you better be ready because these guys are all taking it serious and this is what it It really comes down to, and the World Championships are just so, so different from every other tournament because the foreigners spend so much time working on technique, and they don't really train as hard as the Americans. And we go to these other tournaments, there's there's a lot of conditioning that we win a lot of matches on, Uh, but at the Worlds, all the foreigners are in shape. They're the best they're going to be you're getting the best athletes. Some of them are doped up, who knows, you know, they feel like rocks compared to other tournaments that you, that you wrestle in at. So it's a, definitely a different beast and uh, it's a really cool experience. You should go see it sometime if you haven't.
0: I went to the one in Vegas um, and you were on that team, right? Yep. Yeah, Yeah. I went to that one with my wife and I wish she was my girlfriend at the time, but yeah, it was, it was amazing to, uh, to watch.
1: Was that when I saw you it, when I came to your show? might have been the time i just came to your show
0: no i wasn't working there we just went for the world championship but uh i'm not sure when i'm not sure how that worked out you just happened to be in vegas for something or something
1: i was definitely training or something
0: i don't remember i don't but that was cool though you were there with uh jd's brother oh yeah Yeah, i lived with jd's brother for 10 years i think oh you did Uh uh-huh yeah um, I remember being backstage and being so nervous because I was like, dude, I was telling my buddy, I was like, Reese Humphrey's in the crowd. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, he was like, are you going to do anything different because he's in the crowd? And I was like, well, no. And then he's like, well, yeah. that? That's, <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the hardest part about
1: wrestling overseas? Uh, just being so different. Your food is different. Diet, uh, your training is going to be different. Half the time, you don't know where the sauna is, if there's going to be one, if it's going to be cold in the gym. Um, You know, you could be, your mattress is going to suck. That's a guarantee. Uh, The time change was always very difficult for me when I was cutting weight. You know, I have, I had little kids at the time. And so my schedule was just so on point all the time. It doesn't matter weekday, weekend, my kids were up, I was up. And so my body was so set to that schedule when I would change six or seven hours or more. Depending on how far east you went, um, that would always be a really hard change for me. And sleeping is difficult when you're cutting weight. So uh, that was a big, big, difficult thing for me. So in the world championships, we would trained for like at least 12 days, 14 days over there. And I would have time to acclimate. Some of the quicker trips, I would still be very groggy, jet lagged by the time the tournament started. So that, that played a role too. But, you know, it's just so different. Yeah. Everybody's great over there. They take care of you. Um, My dad has stories of the Russian guys taking them on vans and driving them around for four hours when the airport was 30 minutes from the place. And I I didn't experience any of that, but uh, they will kind of mess with you. Just being overseas is always going to have something go wrong. It's always an adventure for sure.
0: Yeah. I would imagine. Uh, I I did a gig in Korea once. and I remember just waking up in the middle of the night and being like, where where am I? And my clock, my watch said it was like 2 PM and it's just couldn't be any more (laughs) big black outside. And Wow. Yeah, and, and I totally understand about the kid. My boy's 18 months old now, and uh, it doesn't matter when I go to sleep. My eyes are popping open at the same time, and usually right before his. And uh, so, yeah, I, I can't imagine how difficult that was. Um, you recently did some beach wrestling. How did you get into that?
1: Flow Wrestling called me, and uh, they wanted to start promoting it. And, man, I think there's such a future in it. It's just it's so much more enjoyable for the fan because – now we're on the beach, which is just pretty self-explanatory. But the rules are better for the fan. You get one point for a push-out, one point for a knee touch, one point for a takedown, and three points if you absolutely slam them on their back. And if you get three, it's like a judo epon. It just ends the match. And uh, they're hard to get. Like I threw a couple guys, and you roll off your back like a normal lateral drop or big throw, and no three. You have to, like, pancake them, slap them on the be- on their back to get a finishing – finishing move like that. But, you know, it's three minutes, you're in the sand. So three minutes is very long. But um, flow wrestling called me up because it's like how many guys are still training wrestling that don't have stuff to do um, during the normal freestyle season, which is I'm the only one really. Uh, So and I loved it, I would love to keep doing it. The competition was a way way higher level than I anticipated. I thought it was going to be more of a veteran thing, but these foreigners put serious time into it, and uh, and I didn't. And uh, it ended up I ended up wrestling really really well, and I ended up getting a bronze medal. And like there, I think there was two guys in my weight that had beaten Steber, and uh, I wrestled a a university world gold medalist. I mean like full senior level tough bracket, and I was not ready for it. Uh, But it was really cool. I was in Rio. They sent me out to Rio, and my dad came. And then Clay Guida, who's a a friend of mine, was fighting in Rio that night after the finals. So he came and watched me. I went and watched him. He fought BJ Penn, and then we hung out. And uh, it was just an awesome, awesome experience. I'd love to do it again.
0: Yeah, you should, man. Um, You've been retired for a couple of years now, but you're still in really great shape. And uh, I wanted to ask, is being able to whoop pretty much anyone on the planet, like, does that feel like having a superpower? Because elite, <laughs> elite wrestlers, I don't think people understand, like, especially guys your size, you know, um, because I, I just feel like guys your size are like the fastest and, and they, bigger guys, especially, if they have no idea what, you know, what's getting ready to happen to them.
1: <laughs> right, right. I, I, I wouldn't think of it that. as a superpower, but <laughs> it's definitely good for the confidence. Someone bumps into you in a bar, I just kind of hold my ground. I'm, <laughs> I'm not trying to fight anybody anymore, that's for sure. But I, I'll give you a college fight story. Okay. I don't know I'm fighting in the slightest, but these guys were had it coming. I uh, yeah. messed with my my wife, who might have had it coming, too. <laughs> but, but these guys were messing with me. And I was telling them, I don't want to fight. I don't want to fight. And they kept kept on, kept on. And um, I remember, like, I think about, like, high crotch and Nate Tomasello and how hard it is. And I I crossed this guy, and it's like I had to – when I threw him up, I had to, like, hold his ankle because he was going to fly away. I lifted him (laughs) up. (laughs) And I was like, all right, guys, this is it. So it didn't turn too bad. It was just like he realized how bad he had screwed up so fast. (laughs) But, yeah, man, it's definitely – wrestlers tend to to handle themselves well uh, if the fight does break out. Hopefully none of us are starting it. Um, But, yeah, I wouldn't call it a superpower by any means.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's a superpower. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) If I could wrestle that good, dude, um, I think it's like having a superpower. Uh, I wanted to ask somebody who's wrestled Logan Stever, is that guy just freak strong?
1: From from here, this triangle right here, his neck to his traps, which is why he's got a bunch of neck problems. But, like, when he was younger, he would take these – not so great shots, and he finished all of them because he was so strong in there. And, I mean, he's clearly – he's got some, like, farmer strength. His dad kind of looks like that. His whole family does outside of Hunter Stever. <laughs> but they they look strong in this, like, trap neck region. And it's from doing a lot of single legs and getting his head up. And uh, once he, he kind of turned that technique into just great timing and a really good shot, he became the best in the world. But uh, he taught me a lot about leg defense. Because if he got like a pinky on you or just like fingertips on you, you were up in the air because his neck and his traps and his lower back were so strong. So it's like I knew how to to down block well from him. Like talk about what a great training partner. Um, Keep him off my legs. And then if he did get my legs, I learned a bunch of tricks and how to be heavy and how to be able to slide off once he was getting up. um, So like that taught me a lot. It's probably my best position is leg defense solely because of Logan.
0: Yeah. You guys have some studs right around uh NJRTC these days, uh which you're you're the head coach of, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um is Nick Suriano around? I, I heard a rumor that he wasn't gonna be wrestling. Is that true or can you tell me any of that stuff? We don't
1: know. I have no idea. Yeah, Nick and I don't don't talk too much and uh, I don't think he talks that much with the Rutgers coaches either. Uh he's a pretty like secretive individual guy he doesn't really want to let anyone know what his plans are but he's a phenomenal wrestler and I know that we all we all love him having him around and uh, so I, as of right now I don't have the answer for you but uh, you know I think he's he's great and uh, he's just a phenomenal athlete so whether he wants to do fighting or freestyle or folk style I, I don't have an answer for you I know I've heard acting as well uh, but you know he's he's a superstar he's gonna do whatever he wants to do
0: yeah, I selfishly hope he goes – comes back and wrestles 33 because that's going to be one of the best weights of all freaking time.
1: Yeah, that would be fun to watch. Again, I love to see him wrestle Fix and Michich. And, man, there's really good guys in that weight. But there was really good guys in that weight last time, and he came out on top.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was a great bracket. How's, uh, how is – how is – gosh dang, oh, Pat Downey. How's he doing these days?
1: He's good, man. He's really good. Yeah, uh, yeah we we're getting ready to get back on a normal schedule, which would be great. Uh, you know, this has been difficult for everybody, but everybody's making their own gains in in different ways. And he's been working a lot with like the Bulgarian bags and he's never really been a a strength training guy, but he's getting into that. And so my hope is that he, because on the mat, he's a superstar. If you get him in the room, he's always the hardest working dude. And uh, so I want him to be able to adopt this extra workout. Because if he gets on the two a day focused schedule, like this guy, he's got superpowers talk about this some of them have superpowers we yeah. can get him training twice a day and and doing it because he wants to and like he's already freakish strong uh i think he could make some really big
0: jumps so I'm, I, I'm excited for him i'm a big fan of pat downey too is he uh he's never strength trained that monster How? how is that possible never never ever and
1: we will wow. we'll train and he'll just be there and he'll like just move around the 10 pound weights and just like, there's no idea what he's doing in there. He tells me he's doing back and he's doing like chest. It's like no idea. But then you grab him and he feels like a just straight brick. So I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I don't want him to put on too much weight, so he'd have to follow a pretty good plan. But he's got it. I like what he's doing right now. It's pretty functional stuff. He he likes what Kyle Dake does and and wants to build that functional strength so he can uh, he can be more athletic. But man. If he gets on two-a-days,
0: we're going to have some – maybe we might have a shot. I think <laughs> yeah, I'm, that. I'm a big fan. I'm definitely going to be pulling for him, and he's definitely done some things recently that people didn't expect him to do. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And he wrestled really well at Worlds, I thought, you know. Um, That's
1: what I I thought he, he kind of had a mental lapse in the one he lost because he gave up one, one move. And uh, I think I, I did the same thing, my first Worlds, like, wasn't quite sure if I should be there. i won a couple times and was just like, really happy. And uh, now he really knows he should be there. And this dude, he listens as good as anybody. In the corner during the 30 seconds, during practice, if, if he wants to learn wrestling and, and I, I, he's got a, a good respect for me and what we do at the program and the rest of the team, um, he, he's trying to get better, which is hard to do on a senior level and make adjustments because everything works. To get to this point but he knows he can get better in a bunch of situations and him hyping it up helps the rest of the team try and learn it he's, he's a really good guy to have in the program
0: yeah i don't think people realize like your average person like every now and again i'll see somebody talking crap on a certain red like like when uh, zane Reddifer got beat at world some guys were talking crap on him like oh he shouldn't have even been there and blah 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 and i'm like do you have any idea how freaking hard it is to to win at that level, you know, to be the guy, to make a world team. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I don't because I've never done it, but I would also – that's why I would never talk shit on it, you know? Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> yeah, you can't, man. Like, you can't. Like, you know how hard it is to make it to the NBA, and and people understand how savage those guys are, but they still have no idea. Like, I meet all these guys, like, man, if I knew what I know now, I'd be on the team. I'm like, dude you would never touch my leg. Like, no, like I could say it with full confidence. They're like, you don't think I could sneak a takedown? Like, no. Yeah. I wrestle Bryce every day and he has a hard time scoring. It's like, man, these guys, Bryce, you would never score on Bryce. You'd never score on any of these guys. These guys are training full time to be the best at a sport that they're the best at. And it's like, it's just a crazy, crazy thing to think that, that people uh, don't, don't understand the levels to this game. And Zane is, like, you talk about someone who's super strong, super freaky. And, you know, it's just like matchups happen sometimes. You get in, like, a little bad run of a couple bad things happening. And, I mean, Yanni's wrestled great at a few tournaments. But I don't know, man. Who who knows what would have happened if he stepped in there, too. Um, but I don't know, man. Whoever makes the team definitely earned it because you've got to wrestle everybody. Yeah. Get picks for this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I remember after my, after state my senior year, my cousin being like, you should try it for the Olympics. I bet you'd make it. And I was like, dude, <laughs> I appreciate what you think you're saying right now, but there's no way. I couldn't score on those guys literally to save my life. And he's like, right.
1: I'm like, that's crazy. Like, think how hard it is to win a state title. Yeah. And then everybody's won three or four at yeah. the college level. Then you get the best from the college level to just try senior level and then. The guys that make the team, and then there's the guys who have a chance at meddling, The guys who are gonna meddle every time. The guys who are gonna win every once in a while. And the guys who win every single time. Like the the amount of levels that are above what I did, it's insane.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was I just had Barry Davis on, and he was telling me that that Dan Gable beat uh, Randy Lewis when he was 37 years old. Gable beat him like 52 to two, and he beat uh, he beat Ed Bannick like 54 to two. And I I just couldn't wrap my brain around how someone that good gets beat that bad, you know, but it happens. It happens all the time. I Uh,
1: wrestled with Burroughs once, like maybe once or twice ever, and once at practice. We were just, like, drilling. I thought we were sparring, but he wouldn't let me score. And then, like, he just looked at me at one time. He goes, you got no shot, do you? I'm like, no, man, I don't. You're bigger and you're better than me. I've been trying the whole time. (laughs) dang can you just let me score a little
0: bit like no i got
1: no shot man you're the best it's, Uh, it's crazy you don't know it until you really feel it
0: yeah who's the toughest guy you've ever wrestled not necessarily the best but the toughest toughest
1: uh jenny kennedy was always like such a just brick like if i when i i would we'd go back and forth but the times that he beat me i'm just like dang i can't do anything to him he beat me 9 to nothing once at the U.S. Open. And I was like, man, maybe I'm at the wrong weight or something because this dude is better than me, stronger than me, everything. And, uh, you know, and then we would go back and forth at different times too. Uh, but matchups are crazy. Uh, he, he might be the toughest one though.
0: Yeah. Who Do you, do you think we're going to have an Olympics, buddy?
1: I don't know. I, I, it looks starting to look better at this point. It seems like a lot of things are opening up. I'm a little curious to see if we're opening up too fast because people are people and people are stupid. Uh, So, (laughs) so I don't really know what's going to happen. I don't know. That's my thing with COVID and all this political business. I don't know who to believe. So I've just been going on the safer side, but uh, man, I I, I have no idea who's right or what's going to happen. So um, that kind of depends on, on the next few months, I think.
0: Yeah, there's so much conflicting impor- information going around. It's like, man, I wish you could just go to one news station and get the news instead of, like, you know, it's just this all this political cheerleading. I'm like, can you just tell us what the hell's going on, please?
1: Like, we literally have opposite views and no idea who to believe. and That's making it all worse,
0: like, completely worse. Nobody knows how to act. Yeah. And people are all sharing articles like, this article proves you're wrong. And then, like, well, this article proves I'm wrong. right.
1: And I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah. So, with the Olympics, 2021, man, I'm, I'm really hoping. So, if it's got to be no spectators, I, I don't really see how that there could ever be a real issue with no spectators. Uh, I can see how, like, a fall college football game could not go off because that's going to be a million people. And even if this thing is the least that people are talking about it, this virus uh it would still be messing a lot of people up at that point but for wrestling matches nobody comes to those (laughs) anyway
0: yeah man i was really looking for the olympic trials that was gonna be well first of all i was working in reno when the nca's happened and at first they said oh they're gonna do it with no crowd and i was like no crowd that sounds awful and then and then when they were like they're canceling the whole thing i was like well, just do it with no crowd (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right.
1: yeah, can we just do it? <laughs> yeah, all
0: of a sudden I'm all, I'm all about it, you know, and they decided to cancel the whole
1: damn thing. But. Yeah, I didn't see it, man. I, I felt bad for these kids. Yeah. Like, Olympic trials, like, we were postponed. That was upsetting, but it's like, it's still, the Olympics are going to happen. But it's like, for us, we had the world team member at 61, which is an Olympic weight. We had a guy who was third who was just getting started, national, who had 70 kilos not an Olympic weight, I'm like, now what's really hurting us is we don't have the Worlds next year. 2021, if we, if we have the Olympics, we definitely don't have the Worlds, then what happens? You know, it's like we missed out on 10 world champions, and some of these guys are in their prime. Like, JB was six weeks away from his, what I would think would be his last competition, uh, or at least the trials, and then the Olympics if he won. And it's like when I saw him at the Pan Am Qualifier, he was ready like really ready. And I know how hard that is to do at 31 or however old he is. Now he's got to wait a whole extra year and date gets a whole extra year to get his weight down. Like there's a, it was a big, big change for a guy like that who could have, you know, he was really had already turned it up and been turned it up for a long, long time. And so like, that's who I really felt bad for Um, college guys getting it totally, totally screwed. A guy like Kaladzic who came out of his Olympic red shirt for matches or whatever it was. And now he's got no senior season. Like, that's just crazy to me. Uh, So it's like the the athletes got hurt a lot. But, and so like that, that proves what I want to do with COVID. That's why I go towards the safe side. Like, they took away something that means a lot to me. And if they're doing that and we're still acting like idiots and getting in in big, huge gatherings, uh, and the potential is to take that away from us again, how, why are we doing that? Like, that's what I don't get. You know, things got taken away from me specifically. I, in a selfish way, wanted to watch the NCAAs and the Olympic trials and the Olympics. So I I don't want to be a part of anything that has to do with that again.
0: Yeah. You touched on it a second about your uh, 61-kilogram guy. That's Tyler Graff, right? Yeah. I'm a huge Tyler Graff fan. I was pulling so hard in his medal match uh, because he just seems like such a good dude, you know? Yeah. And he's been so close in so many situations, you know, NCAA finals and, and world teams and all that. And I really thought he had a chance to win the whole thing. And didn't he get, didn't he almost win in the semis?
1: It was the quarters against the guy who won. Yeah. And it it was one to one and we were on his leg with 20 seconds left and, you know, fought really hard and it just didn't go our way. And uh, man, it's so, it's crazy to me, the belief that he has in himself and, and he, like, preaches it a lot in his interviews that we finally – he found a coaching staff that believed in him and the training and, you know, the partners and everything. And that's what's so great about the NJRTC is is we, we, uh, we believe in our guys, even guys who haven't done it before. We believe we're getting better. And, um, man, he really thought he was going to win the world. And I was – I thought that he had a chance, you know, just being a little more realistic. Yeah. And the way that he broke down after that match was hard, hard to watch. Uh, someone who does it talk about does everything right Tyler Graff is a soldier and uh and after he lost that match to the eventual champ 1 to 1 and I think it was like a last second maybe 3 to 1 the guy took him down on our last dish effort uh but when he like the sadness and and what it took for him to even come back in the consolation bracket was it was cool to see and it's just it's just like man it, it's his time but now he's getting better and now he's still he's an older older wrestler but he's got a his prime right now
0: yeah well I'm pulling for him I'm a huge telegraph fan is he is he gonna cut down to 57 for the
1: no no he's he's hoping for the 61 non-olympic worlds but um yeah I don't I don't know exactly what the plan is things things are obviously changing now um but yeah I don't know whatever weight he goes he's gonna be a problem because if he went 65 he could definitely get bigger and not give up the weight that he feels in practice but I don't. I don't know if he can make fifty-seven though.
0: Yeah, dude. The, the The fact that they cut it down to six weight classes just pisses me off. When I was a kid, it was ten weight classes, and uh, you know, I just hate that they've that they've done what they've done, and I don't see what the point of it is. But yeah, getting all that, it's it, I think it's crap, and you you probably do too. But
1: um, yeah, they went from seven to six. That was one that got me. They just <laughs> Took mine out. <laughs> that That's exactly what happened. They didn't change anything. Just no. I was like, "Oh, this is good. I don't have to cut weight." Then I started wrestling the bigger guys. And I was like, "Man, what just happened?"
0: Yeah, I saw you at the U.S. Open. After, I think it was U.S. Open that you won in the last one that you won. I was there for that, and uh that was pretty good cut for you, wasn't it?
1: Well, yeah, because I like started bulking up to go to 65. I went up in 2014, and then I was like, "Man, I'll give it one last shot." thinking it'll be an empty weight, we already touched on a little bit. But, yeah, I got big. I weighed at least 160 going down to 132, 134 now, um, and, like, fit at 160, you know, yeah. like, really in yeah. shape working out twice a day. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it, was, it was tough for me. But, I mean, I don't have any regrets.
0: Yeah. Um, I wanted to get your, uh, your picks, if you don't mind, like, if, you know, God willing, the uh, trials go down. Who are you picking at uh, 57? I would say Spencer Lee versus the field. Who who do you got?
1: Uh, I'm not giving picks. I can't give picks. I'm not giving picks, man. Um, I think Spencer Lee is the favorite for sure. I'll I'll give you that. But uh, Tomasello is a a super savage. If Soriano gets in there, he's definitely got a a good chance if he can make that weight well. Uh, There's a lot of good guys in that
0: weight. That's a really good weight, man. Yeah, dude. There's so many. Thomas Gilman.
1: Uh... Gilman is is right up there too. He's he's uh he's got the same skill set as as uh, Spencer Lee, but he's like stronger and tougher. And I I was wrestling 60, 65, and I wrestled Gilman, and he was a clear 57. And I'm like, man, this dude is strong. Yeah. This dude's really good, just in practice. But yeah, I'm a fan.
0: Dayton, Fix, Joe, Colon. i mean, the list is just—it's—it's it's a huge. Wow. List. Yeah,
1: Fix too. What the heck? Yeah, Colon's a savage too. He wrestled some great overseas too. I mean, we got—we got some depth now. But six weight, everybody has depth.
0: Sure. Yeah. So you—you you don't want to make any picks as far as like uh, no, JP no, versus Dave or any of that. Nope. <laughs>
1: nope. <laughs> too smart for that, Tim. <laughs> you kidding me? These are my friends, man. I won't even tell my wife who I'm picking. <laughs> uh, and, and they're all so freaking good, man. I, yeah. mean. Oh, I, I really think, you know, it's like whoever wins that weight, and you can't count out Imar either, you know, or yeah. James Green. You don't know how good that guy's going to be at 74. He's a savage, too. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure I'm missing some other people, too. But it's like, I mean, Jayden Frank Molinero won my way. And Jaden Cox was the nine seed. Molinero was the nine seed in 2016. Like you can pick favorites and do this and that, but either way, you're gonna maybe piss your friend off, and you're you definitely have no idea what's really gonna happen out there. Yeah, they're yeah. all really, really good.
0: It, I mean, it's great for USA Wrestling, but it sucks as a fan that we have four world champs and only two of them are gonna be able to make the team.
1: Yeah, it was a great addition when they added the upper weights in there. Jaden could go 92, and you know, it's that, that lineup with uh JB Dake. DT and, and Downey now. I'm not picking DT over Downey by any means.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, but still, like, world champ-wise, and then Snyderman and, and, and Jaden before him. It's like that, that made us a world championship team, or at least be in the running every time.
0: Well, I'm going to ask you a couple questions that aren't necessarily wrestling-related. Uh, do you have the coolest name in wrestling, Reese Humphrey? Sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <laughs> you ever noticed, though, dude, that good wrestlers always have cool names?
1: Right, yeah. My dad has this poster where he's throwing, throwing off one leg like this and just says, humping across it. <laughs> <laughs> still at camps.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've met yeah. your dad a couple times. He's a cool dude. I like your dad a lot. He's still having a good
1: time. He's living out in Colorado now, just living the retired life, having fun.
0: What's the best thing you ever did, whether it's uh, wrestling or – anything
1: else best thing I ever did yeah raising my kids man it's just been the absolute coolest thing uh just trying to teach them confidence and challenging me with different shit every single day it's like it's always a a grind but you've never wanted something more you know it's like definitely the hardest thing I've ever done but the easiest because it's the only thing I really care about my family uh it's like family way up here and then you know friends job and then, then the list really drops after all that stuff so it's like uh it's such an easy thing but it's always just keeping me on my toes all the time and it's really fun.
0: Yeah, that's the best thing about having a kid for me is it made, it's made me realize how much stuff that I worried about before that doesn't mean shit. It doesn't mean anything, really. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I
1: actually like said that in some interviews when I was training and I had kids during that whole time where I was really training and the best thing it did for me was to show me what's important. Like you don't need anything else besides doing the right things to put food on the table and give your family a little bit better life. And, and that stuck with me. And it still does.
0: And there's all these little nuggets too, like it can be really hard and then they'll do something like the first time it was a really long, hard day and then the first time my, my son called me daddy, it just made it all go away. I was just like <laughs> you know, it didn't you know, all of a sudden all the stress of him being having fits all day long, it just completely went away. And like this morning, he uh he's just he's only eighteen months, so he's just now starting to do this stuff. Like he walked up yeah. to me and just and just gave me a hug. I was sitting down yeah. and just, you know, and I'm like that. I told my wife, I was like, that is one of the best thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. Right
1: now, with everything. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and everybody asks me what the best time is with the kids, and it's always now. My answer is always the present. It yeah. just keeps getting better. People say it changes, but up until nine, it's still getting better.
0: It's cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, did would you say that uh, having a daughter changed you in a different way than your son?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, It's crazy. Like we found out we were going to have the girl. My wife just started bawling, crying in the doctor's office. I was like, oh no, what does this mean? And I kind of always, I had a brother and that was it. And I kind of always pictured having two boys and they could wrestle each other and beat each other up. Uh, But having a little girl, man, what a game changer too. And it's so crazy, like how obvious Parker likes trucks she likes baby dolls it's like one's a girl one's a boy it's so specifically stereotypically correct on that front and uh yeah man like cuddles talk about he gave you a hug the cuddles with the girl is just so much sweeter and uh definitely made me a little softer but maybe yeah. I need to yeah
0: yeah a lot of my boy uh a lot of his idea of loving on you is he'll so smack you in the face and he's like I like
1: that too I like that too. But that's the difference. There's, she'll, she'll come over and like make sure I'm okay after Parker punches me. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I, I've heard that. And your daughter will take, your daughter's the one that will come visit you when you're old and take care of you. And you're like, I hope that's you're not. That. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know you got to get out of here, but is there anything you want to uh, pimp or say before you get out of here?
1: <sighs> uh, follow me on, on everything. TikTok. I've been TikToking, man. everybody said it couldn't be done I'm too old but I've been doing it I've been grinding on it and and the best part about that is like my boy does a lot of it with me and uh, people get to see how much fun I can have with the family and uh, you know that's what social media has been for me for the whole time Instagram if you guys don't follow me it's at Highlight Humphrey and you can follow the YouTube where I do more wrestling technique and coach's corner stuff and I, I vlog some of our overseas trips if you're ever looking to see what we actually get into. And that's youtube.com slash Highlight Humphrey. But I'm just trying to have fun, build content, help build the brand and keep growing into to new opportunities, which is,
0: is uh, it's been fun the whole time. Nice, man. Um, the last thing I'll ask you is, uh, are you going to fight this Dylan Danis character? Is that who it was?
1: Yeah, it was Dylan Danis and we've gone back and forth a couple of times, but uh, you know, he, he's got like such a power to him. He said one thing and just left it alone. He said, wrestlers can't beat me up. And he knows wrestlers can beat him. <laughs> he knows it. It's, he yeah. said one thing. The whole wrestling world went into uproar. Everybody challenged him. He doesn't want to wrestle anybody. Yeah. He's kind like, he's of McGregor's training partner, but he's also like a master manipulator of the media, which is impressive. And uh, I'm sure he's a good guy too. <laughs> but yeah, I would love to be the guy that gets to smack him up on the wrestling mat. In my rules, <laughs> yeah, he's got no shot. He knows it. I couldn't stand a chance in jujitsu either.
0: Yeah, I, I love when someone says something like that. And you're, you seem like you're one of the first guys that are like, oh, I'll whip your ass. <laughs> yeah, what? Are you kidding? In my rules? No, <laughs> you're not a wrestler. You would have no shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I really enjoyed talking to you, buddy. Thank you for taking the time to do this. And uh, you got any parting words for us? Oh, man, I've, I've loved following you for
1: a long time. I appreciate you having me on. and It's good to catch up.
0: Cool, buddy. Thanks so much for doing it Reese and uh, have a great day and I hope we get back to normal soon. Cool. Yeah. See All ya. Right. Thanks brother. Take care. All right, everybody. That was Reese Humphrey. I really enjoyed talking to him. Uh, dude's a beast. He uh total stud. I feel like a dickhead that I didn't realize that he was on three world teams. I think I did realize it. I just didn't say it correctly, but um, anyway. That was a lot of fun for me. I hope you guys enjoyed it. As always, go to makingithappen.com, M-A-C-A-N-I-T-HAPPEN.com. Help out little Bo making, And go to youtube.com slash Tim Gaither and uh, sign up for my YouTube. And I just realized my door is open in my office, which I meant to close. <laughs> but anyway, you guys are great. Uh, thanks for supporting me and uh, thanks for listening. And I hope you guys enjoyed that. And I've got some other great guests coming up. i have some more comedians too also. So. Thanks for tuning in and God bless all of you. Take care. Bye.